Hey Rebel Parents, as promised, Christopher Yuan sticks around to answer my question about how do we talk to our gay friends and family members and not offend them? How do we have a better relationship with those around us that feel marginalized? What a great guy Christopher is. Thanks for subscribing to the podcast. Thanks for listening to us. Thank you for telling our friends. I got to tell you, we've been getting some feedback. I am just overwhelmed. I am blown away that we're helping you have better marriages and better parenting experiences. I am just thrilled and so honored. Praise the Lord. God bless all of you. Let's jump into Christopher Yuan. If you need anything, any help, you can email me, help at rebelparenting.org. If you need a counselor, go to the website, rebelparenting.org. On the right-hand side, you can find one in your area. Without further ado, Christopher Yuan. Christopher um, so having conversations is important. Definitely. Here, awesome. Here's one that I'm, I'm trying to figure out. Uh, I was watching the Science Channel on uh, our Apple TV the other day. We were watching how to build everything, and they were building a Mars rover. So it's as sciencey as you can possibly get. And I don't know if it's because <laughs> it's on Apple TV or whatever it was, but there's two commercials that played back-to-back every commercial break. I don't remember one of them. The other one was L'Oreal, So Lashy, Eyelash. Is that mascara, hun? Yeah. Yeah, mascara. And the commercial starts with a late teen, early 20 boy with uh, full uh, makeup and, you know, over made up, you know, yeah. it was done on purpose. It was, it was very, not gaudy. It was just overly done makeup and his hair was colored mm-hmm. and, you know, he's a little flamboyant mm-hmm. and he's talking about eyelash stuff. And then every we, other person. We would call that, like, we would call that drag makeup. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Definitely, it's dr- very very pronounced. Yeah. So, drag makeup is is different than a transgender person crossing. You know, very more natural. So anyway. Oh no, yeah, for so sure. This is definitely pronounced. drag makeup over transgender. Because I, I know transgender people. I'm, I'm yeah. yeah, I get it. Um, yeah, yeah, more natural and and oftentimes not even a lot of makeup. Anyway, so my son yeah. is ten. He he yeah. he goes, Daddy, was that a boy dressed like a girl? And I go, Yeah. Mm. And you could just see the wheels turning. It made no sense to him. And yeah. I'm not worried about that. And we had a good conversation about it. I think where I yeah. worry is kids are kids. You know, Lucy got a yeah. present a few months ago from somebody and she looked at it and she goes, oh, I already have this one. I mean, just straight blurted it out. And as a parent, you go, oh, no, say thank you. Be thankful no matter if you have, you know, all those types <laughs> of things. And then it jumped yeah. to what do I do when I'm with other families that have kids that identify differently than mine? And they just blurt stuff out, you know, where we, how do we have that conversation where I can go, listen, you know, he's, you know, she's four or, you know, he's 10, right? Like, this is not an offensive thing. They're just asking questions. I love you. Whether we agree or disagree with decisions, how do we have conversations? I feel like I'm stepping on landmines. I feel like I'm walking on cracked eggs. I think so many people feel that way. It's like, listen, I love you. I don't know how to love yeah. you right now, but I really do. And I want you to know that I love you. Whether I agree with you or not, I love you. I don't know what to say. I feel awkward. I got my kids here. I'm trying to raise kids and this is confusing. How do you even breach that subject? I mean, I really do want to know. I want to jump in. I want to get in. Uh, you know, give us a couple of minutes of this. We're going to have to end the program, but let's do the bonus episode to really kind of dig in. What are the words we use? How do we say, I know you feel marginalized and I know, I mean, listen, I'm Ryan Dobson. How much more on the right-wing conservative, you know, side could people perceive me? Clearly people perceive me as hateful at times and I'm, I'm tired of it. I want to, you know, handle those differently. So how do I jump into that conversation? I think first, first, the best place to 
start is is kind of just the the posture, the attitude that you're taking now, like the you know, posture of humility. Mm. Like I want to learn, I want to learn from you, mm. and and actually tell people that. Just say, you know what, this is. I I would love to hear more about your story and your journey, and your and your kids' journey, and 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 help me learn more about you. Mm. Like you don't have you don't have to say, you know, I want to learn more about homosexuality. Or I, I want to learn more about transgenders. Or, you know, just just make it very. I, I want to learn more about. Mm you know, mm. whatever the child's name, and, and use the, the the child's name. If the child used to be Mary, you know, then, you know, if for, for the sake of conversation, um, you know, and, and, and there's debate about that when it comes to names. I mean, we're, we're just talking about Come on, it's okay, here. right? Like, honestly, I, I want people to settle down. If you used to be Mary and you identify as John, it, just because I call you John doesn't make you John, but I can call you John. I think it's okay. I mean, if you have friends that identify trans, you call them what their new name is, right? I mean, isn't that just out of respect? You know, we're there's we it's it's such a fine line. I mean, Mm. because especially when 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 uh, I I I usually tell people it is uh, I think it depends kind of on the situation. I would pray about it. Mm. You know, it's if it's someone, for example, if it's a parent. Okay, well, let's just say your situation. You have a friend and your neighbor or your, you know, you have your group of friends from school, your kid's school, and they're just playing, and, and let's say 80% of them are unbelievers. So right. we're not going to expect them to to have the Christian worldview that we do, and we can't at every moment say, well, I don't, I don't believe that, I don't do that, I don't, yeah. you know, and I want you to know that I don't approve of that, that you guys are living together and, and you're not married but you have kids, and I don't want, I, I just want you to know that I, I don't, you know, whatever it is. You know, yeah, I, I think that's unnecessary. I don't like the movies you watch, yeah. whatever, the whole list yeah. that, that we can go down. Obviously, we can all go go, go through those lists. So I, I think in those situations, for the sake of building relationship, for the sake of the gospel, which I think must be, pri- you know, primary, I want to meet people where they're at. With that being said, with parents, with a mother, which we minister to a lot with, because of just the, the uniqueness of my parents and, and my ministry sure. together, our ministry together, that we get a lot of parents that come to us, and for them it is really, really hard to to get to that point, to mm. a, a child mm-hmm. that came out of their womb and that they named John is now 20 years later or 15 years later wanting to be called Joan. That's hard. I mean, really hard for a mom. So a few things that we tell mom, I mean, especially if if the kid is saying you have to do this, one thing that I would say is tell the kid, you know, explain to the kid first how long did it take for you to process to get to where you're at, yeah. you know, to, to realize, to come to the understanding of your gender, you know, or, or your, your gender dysphoria. And oftentimes it's not overnight. It's usually years. And say, well, you know, you know, I love you. My, my, and they don't want to be called son or daughter, so my child, my kid. Right. Make it child and kid is, you know, is is neutral. You know, I love you and just know that, you're expecting me to be where you're at in a moment what took you, you know, years. Yeah. But also when it comes to parents, I think it's okay. What, what I would do is come to a medium, middle point. Yeah. And, and, and to say, you know, for Chinese it's a little easier because you could say, well, how about if I call you by your Chinese name? But most people don't have Chinese names. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but, but what you could do is, you know, well, how about let's just, can I call you J, the letter J? And that's well, you know, as we move into this and come to middle ground, I think, I think that's okay because it is to 
to come to that point and change. Sure. I'm so glad you're doing this, Christopher. I really do appreciate it. You know, it's funny. My palms sweat a little bit. I feel so awkward when I'm doing this, but I do like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I like where you're going. That's a great one because that's a great conversation to have with people. Um, if you're joining us, we've been talking to Christopher Yuan. He wrote the book Out of a Far Country, and uh, we've been talking a little bit about his latest book, Giving a Voice to the Voiceless. Um, and we're talking about uh, when your child comes out to you or says, I'm struggling with my gender, or I think maybe identify with uh, a different gender than I was born with. And in your asking, well, how long did it take you to reach this decision? And then relating in a loving way, you're asking me to be where you are in a moment that took you years. Let's come to some common ground. I feel like, you know, especially when you're dealing with teenagers or, you know, even in twenties, we're in this volatile time, there's hormones, there's all these things going on. And, and we're also in a culture that really does value self above all else. And so, um, that does make it a little bit trickier. It does. Yeah, and, and you know, and often um, even when it comes down to pronouns, okay. uh, you know, I think the when it when it is if it's an adult and say I want you to use she instead of he, uh, and that can be hard for a person, not in the sense that they might not, you know, even if they want to, because you've done it for so long as the other pronoun it is hard to switch over and change oh christopher i've done that i absolutely have so yeah, of yeah. Course. and it was yeah, a huge it, accident it, and <laughs> i felt horrible and then you end up saying he she yeah. she he, you know and then it, hey dude and then it man just it i mean sorry bro, bro no yeah not, hey oh, you, you know, yeah oh yeah i've yeah. stepped all over my so, own what? tongue eaten my own shoe yeah. i feel terrible and then i feel like i've done in a way irreparable damage what what do i then yeah. do i'm i'm sorry yeah uh, yeah, so I, I think there's there's ways around it. And, and, and I think when it comes to the pronouns, I think this is a little bit easier, especially for people who, you know, who would have trouble with, with the name change. Uh, because when it comes to pronouns, actually there it is possible for us to avoid pronouns altogether. Uh, first of all, when I'm talking to the individual, the person who has asked me that, I never need to use the third-person pronoun. Oh, yeah. I, 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 you know, unless I'm Yoda, you know, I mean, that's, <laughs> it's, it's awkward. You don't talk to people in the third person yeah. of yourself or them. <laughs> it's only first person for myself and second person for the other, that's you. Right. And that's, there's no gender to you. Unless you want to sound like Yoda so or that... someone from the Jersey Shore, <laughs> let's not go to the third person. <laughs> that's right. And uh, but then when it comes to talking to about that person with someone else, that's when pronouns would be used when that person isn't there. Mm. Now, I don't think that we need to try to do things around them, but we can still almost avoid it. It might seem a little bit redundant, but we could just keep using the person's name, mm. and and that avoids the pronouns altogether. So I, I think we, you know, there's. We can find ways to be more creative and to help us in, in the way that we're kind of walking with it. And, you know, ourselves, it's a journey, too, as, as we're uh, coming to uh, grips with, with a person's individuals, uh, you know, navigating through these issues of gender, uh, gender identity. Hmm. Uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask, you had a YouTube video that was um, – the distinction between singleness and marriage and how most in Christian universities we have this push to get married and get your MRS degree yeah. and things like that. Um, oh, yeah. How can we support singles today? Because I have a lot of single friends, yep. and I would mm-hmm. love 
to hear your take on how can we support that. Oh, sure. Well, you know, we, 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 I've I've got to say, you know, I I think as Christians, we have failed when it comes to singleness. Mm. And I think after, you know, the reformations in the 1500s, there was such a push of just, I'm, whatever we are, we're not Catholic. So anything that like looked Mm. and smelled like Catholic, we, (laughs) We so, you know, yeah, we did, and, and we, we the pendulum swung yeah. in, in the other way. So celibacy, you know, priesthood—that's that's, you know, yes, I do believe in the priesthood of believers, and uh, there is no other mediator except for Jesus Christ. Uh, but when it comes to celibacy, uh, or let's just say singleness, because yeah. uh, celibacy—I I personally don't like the term celibacy uh, mm-hmm. when it comes because sometimes you say, "Oh, you're celibate now," or or so you're calling people who have same-sex attractions mm, to be celibate. Okay. No. Because and the reason is, for, well, and, uh, because celibacy can have the sense of just being celibate, like a temporary, like being, it's equivalent to chaste or abstinent. However, I, I do believe that it, it has more, uh, there's, there's more background, there's more kind of history and baggage with celibacy as opposed to just abstinent sure. or opposed okay. to just chase. Well, and doesn't it uh, kind of speak more to the, you were talking about how you don't identify as gay or straight or bi or anything, you identify right? as a follower of Christ, and if you're talking exactly. about celibacy, well, then you're focusing solely on the act of sex and nothing else about your life. Right, exactly. And so I, I don't, and, and also celibacy does kind of conjure up ideas of priests and sometimes the negativity of yeah, that sure. and abuse and all those scandals. And so I just kind of dropped that. Um, but it also, on the other side, maybe on what people would think of as a positive side, you know, people then talk about it as a vocation or as something that's lifelong. I don't, I would rather talk about singleness that is not necessarily lifelong because the majority of singles that are Christians in the church, they did not choose a vocation right. of celibacy. They did not choose mm-hmm. singleness. Mm-hmm. On their own, it was yeah. unchosen, and uh, you know, and, and and that's also another thing that people don't understand that you know, singleness or even the gift of singleness has to be chosen. I mean, I tell people singleness is default. There's, I've yet to meet anyone who was married, who was born married. That's right. You know, you just you just are single. You're 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 that way from birth, and then you choose to be single, married later, and mm-hmm. and yet no one ever really necessarily chooses to be single. Even people who are widows, they did not choose that. Yeah, that's right. It just happened. And they are, and and but we can we can choose to get married, mm-hmm. and um, so I, I think we've really failed in that realm, and we we've, we've got to do better. As a matter of fact, I I think that we need to we're not even ready to address this issue of sexual identity, or gender identity, or even sexuality in general without first addressing this issue of singleness and and redeeming it. Mm-hmm. We've Mm-hmm. We've relegated it to be a curse, and we yeah. treated it, um, you know, like like something that's second best. One of my good friends, she was a missionary in China for five years, went there single, came back single, and when she was back here in the U.S., several of her friends saw her, and they're so excited, and they all ask her similar questions like, "Are you dating anyone? Yeah. Do you have anyone special in your life?" Yeah. And she's like, "No, I don't." Yeah. And you know how they responded? Oh, it you? will happen. You know, I know. You know, they, they, it was they got. She got pity from people, yep. and and the sad reality is, singles in the church do not need our pity; they need our friendship. Amen. They need to be known that even though they might not have a family of their own, they belong to the eternal family, yeah. and that is the family of God. Yeah. And that is the one that is much more important than even our own families. Mm. 
you know, I think part of that, part of the thing also is that we misunderstand when Paul talks about singleness as a gift. You know, people, I, I think most people know about that verse coming out of First Corinthians seven. That that Paul says that singleness is a gift. That being not married is a, the word in the Greek agamas, not married. Uh, the closest equivalent to that is single. So it's that's it's it's good. It's even a gift and. Most single people that I know that are Christian, they don't like that verse. It's not. It's not like their life. Their verse. That's not the verse that they go to when they're feeling, you know, kind <laughs> totally, of down yes. or whatever. They just don't like that verse. Yep. <laughs> I have friends that say, you know, I don't care what Paul says about that verse. What's the return policy on that gift? You know, yeah. <laughs> I can give it back. Mm-hmm. You still got that receipt. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a bad Christmas present. I don't want that gift. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. I'm. I'm. I am single. I'm 46 years old, and I understand the challenges of singleness. And, you know, and yet there's also some blessings to that. And from what I hear from people who are married, there are a few challenges to, mar- to marriage as well. No. But there's also no. some blessings. Oh, no, it's easiest. Are you kidding? Yeah. We have no programs that we've thrown away because we got into a fight in the middle and didn't want to air the fight on uh, public radio. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we realize, but, but in our culture, you know what we do, Ryan? We... We only talk about the immense blessings of marriage and the enormous challenges of singleness. Yeah. And that's the message that we give out in our culture, and that's what we give out even among Christians. Yeah. That, you know, after the Obergefell decision last year, yeah. June 26th, the Supreme Court, they, they legalized same-sex marriage in all 50 states, striking down state laws, several, several state laws. Yep. And the, the majority opinion was written by Justice Kennedy. Supreme Court justice, and it was it's very interesting. You could see the whole majority opinion online. He, at the very last paragraph, he wrote something that was very interesting and totally telling of where we at, are at today in regards to marriage and singleness. He said, marriage is the highest ideal of love. Marriage is the highest ideal of love. Mm. You know, when I read that, I disagreed completely as a follower of Christ, marriage is not the highest ideal of love. It's good, and it's even very good. God gives it to us yep. to be a blessing. And, it, and mm-hmm. it, there's challenges, but it's also there's, there's goodness that definitely comes out of it. It's a gift. But it's not the best. It is not the ideal of love. God is. Mm-hmm. God alone is. Mm-hmm. And the greatest expression of love that ever occurred to mankind is when Jesus Christ lays down his life for us. Mm-hmm. That's love. That's love. And as a follower of Christ, when, when people say something different, I need to respectfully disagree yeah. and, and help people to understand the beauty of what God really is. I mean, I'm sorry, what love really is. Yeah. Love is not sex. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know lots of people who have sex and they don't have love. That's, <laughs> that's a misperception yeah. that this younger generation have. They think that the, the most intimate expression of love is sexual intimacy. That's not... It's, it's, that's that's probably maybe a very close expression of physical intimacy, but not the closest expression of love. Right. Or even, let's say, even rom- romantic love. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the most intimate that I could be with another person. I mean, I know some people who are romantic, and they don't really truly love one another. It sometimes complicates things even more. Mm. Uh, so it's not love. It's not sex. It's not romance. The greatest expression of love is Jesus Christ yep. himself. That's right. You know, God sent his son. That's it's sacrifice. Oh, you know? It's such a sacrifice. Love is not something that happens to us. That's that's another thing. We we think that love is something that happens to me. Love is completely something. It's 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 a sacrifice. 
it's not something that that occurs to me or something that I feel. It's something that that I do to others. That's right. It's, it's completely other. Christopher, when that decision came out last year, you published something. Uh, what was that, and how was it received? Yeah, yeah. I co-authored a response. It was a short response, only a page and a half, and I and and I co-authored it with my really good friend, Dr. Rosario Butterfield, who's got a. Uh, uh, she also has a similar background, similar in, in the sense that she she was a lesbian and well actually she described herself as as a feminist and she would say I was a consistent feminist in that she lived her life as a feminist consistently and um was in a lesbian relationship and she was a professor at Syracuse University tenured very um mm-hmm. intellectual and extremely smart and her PhD and postdoctorate work was in queer theory and feminism she wanted to study the religious right, and part of her research was she needed to read that book that those crazy religious people, <laughs> Christian religious right people, read, and that's word. the Bible. Be careful. And, yes, and she read it as an English professor, using her hermeneutics and you know critical thinking, and and God just rocked her world wow. through reading the Bible, studying the Bible, and through a loving relationship with an elderly pastor and his wife, um, she was shown Jesus. Wow. And she knew that she that that the way that she was living was, you know, I, I love, she says this in her book, she says, uh, my biggest sin was pride. Hmm. She said everything around me was pride. She had pride flags, she had pride, you know, her dog, you know, ate from a little pride uh, doggy bowl, you know, is on a doorstep, every, everything, her biggest, you know, and she had to give up herself. Mm. Yep. So we co-authored something together in response because we saw lots of people responding, and there, and there were some very interesting responses, both sides, and we could kind of put them into two categories. One, of course, celebrating what you know what what people would call marriage equality, and the other other side, people grieving, yeah. and then you know, kind of giving their commentary, and and oftentimes ending up to, you know reiterating and reemphasizing what traditional marriage is. Yeah. What we saw was a mistake on both sides. Was uh, what we saw is an overemphasis upon marriage. So we wrote our response, and we called it something greater than marriage. It's online. You can find it on uh, different places. Christian Post reposted it. I'll link it on uh, our website. On <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Say it, what's the title something again? Greater something than greater than marriage. Something greater than marriage. Mm. And 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 it was pulling from Justice Kennedy's response that. Marriage is the highest ideal of love, and and we just we need to be able to clearly articulate why it's not. It's good, marriage is certainly good, and it's very good, but it's not the best. Yeah, wow, I like it. I like it, Christopher. It's been a great discussion. I'm so glad you joined us today. Thank you for your work. Please continue doing it, and I'd love to reach out to you, you know, periodically just to talk about the subject. It's not going away. People are still hurting, and we want to be there for those that are in need and those that are hurting. So if you could be a resource for us, we would appreciate it. I'd love to. So good to talk with you, Ryan and Laura. Thank, Thank you. you, Christopher. We appreciate you. Have a great one. Oh, my goodness, I love that man. What a great guy. What a great program. I'm so glad he stuck around. Answer more questions and help us have a better community with our loved ones. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for telling your friends. Leave some reviews on iTunes. It helps us out. Come to the website, rebelparenting.org. We will see you next week. God bless.